So all in Sunday, um, it says in Isaiah 43, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? This is the Lord speaking. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? And my hope is at the end of today, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I do perceive it. KXC have been saying for some time, there's hope on the horizon. We've been singing for some time, there's hope on the horizon. And we are seeing now hope breaking out in our community. So there's three things I want to do this morning. I want to look back with gratitude, celebrate the activity of the kingdom in our midst, because gratitude stirs up the gift of faith. When we call to mind the goodness of God, the generosity of God, the faithfulness of God, faith begins to stir in the room. And with that faith, we're going to look forward. What are we chasing after in this season? What is the Spirit stirring in this moment? Because we want to inhabit this moment with faith. Live by faith, not just by sight. And then we're going to invite the church to act now with generosity. I'm fully aware that we're entering a cost of living crisis. And I'm also aware that in moments like this, moments of uncertainty, moments of crisis, the natural posture is to close up your fists. Anxiety levels rise, fuel costs, food costs, mortgage costs rising. And we begin to close up our fists and and look inwards. And maybe this is a moment of the Spirit saying to the church, I'm your provider. I'm going to give you each day your daily bread. You do not need to fear. You can unclench your fist and with an open hand and an open heart, occupy this moment with faith that God is going to move. And therefore, we can step into generosity. That's where we're going. But before we we look back with gratitude, I want to remind our church of our vision statement. Are you ready for it? Our vision statement is around serving God's purpose to make... Serving God's purpose to make all things new. If you've been around KXE for any length of time, there's certain language you're going to pick up. And part of that language you'll hear again and again is that the story you live in is the story. Some people have really, you know, taken that in. Others are yet to do so. But the story you live in, that's the story you live out. And we live in a city where stories are being thrown at you. Your senses are being bombarded with narratives telling you who you are, what your life should be about. And it is our task in the church to call people towards the kingdom story. And our summary of the kingdom story looks like this. Now, some of you have seen this slide 101 times before. You've heard this message 101 times before. But I now have data, new data, fresh in, that reveals in the last year, over 300 people have joined our church family. Now just think, that's amazing. Now just think about that. That's 300 individuals, minds, hearts, that haven't seen this summary of the narrative and haven't heard this message. Now FOMO is a thing and a number of you have missed out and we are welcoming you in. Um, to part of our our vision. The story you live in is the story you live out. This is a summary of the narrative of, of the kingdom, the narrative of Scripture. It starts in a garden. Humanity made in the image and likeness of God. Humanity fully alive in relationship with God, in relationship with one another, in relationship with created order. No sin, no sickness, no suffering. And they're given this garden and they're told to spread this garden until the garden fills the earth so that the glory of God, the presence of God, the blessing of God fills the earth. But then sin 
Disobedience enters the story. Martin Luther, the Reformation theologian, defined sin as a life turned in on itself. We were created to live upwards to God, outwards towards the world, but we turn in on ourselves to the point where your needs and your longings and your drives, your ambitions, that's all that really matters. And we begin to use and abuse those around us. Created order begins to unravel. We call that decreation, hell on earth. And then the narrative from Genesis 12 onwards is a story of redemption, restoration, and recreation. How does the narrative end? Not us ascending to some sort of disembodied bliss where we drink Red Bull, ride around on clouds, just singing the latest worship songs. That's not the end of our story. The end of our story is heaven coming down. Not us ascending to a disembodied bliss, heaven coming down, heaven and earth reconciled. And in this vision of Revelation 21, 22, the last two chapters of Scripture, you have this image of God sitting down on His throne, right? His work has come to completion and He declares, behold, I'm making all things There we go. Um, So some of you have heard this before. You're ready to fully engage. Thank you so much. Stay with me. Um, So in the Greek language that the New Testament is written in, you've got two words for new. You've got neos, which means brand new. And you've got kainos, which is something old that's made new, restored to its former glory. And the Greek text of Revelation 21, Behold, I'm making all things kainos. I'm restoring everything to how it was in the beginning in Eden when there was no sin, no sickness, no suffering. And the Apostle John, who's writing down this vision in the book of Revelation, he says, when I saw God sitting down and declaring, behold, I'm making all things new, I could suddenly see there's no death and there's no grief and there's no crying and there's no pain. Heaven and earth, God and humanity reconciled. That's the story we live in. Thomas Merton, the Catholic writer, said, our lives are shaped by the end we live for. That's the end of our story. It trumps ascending to a disembodied bliss. No, God is going to make his home amongst us and restore everything. Listen to these words of Jesus, Matthew 9. He's pointing towards the end of the story. Truly, I tell you, at the, you can read it out, Good reading. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, pointing to the the Revelation text, Greek word, let me nerd out for 10 seconds, Greek word, renewal of all things, palingenesia, compound word, two words shoved together, new word. Palin, again, genesia from which we get genesis, like birth, to be born again. Now, we talk about people being born again when they come to faith in Christ. But Jesus is pointing towards the end of the story. And the end of the story is about the rebirth of the cosmos. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Right, that's what our story is all about. And the story you live in is the story you live out. Now, this story has a central character. Let me break it to you gently. It's not you. And it's not me, the central character is Jesus. This story is fulfilled in the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. So his life, 
He takes on human flesh. Greek word incarnate, incarnation, meaning in flesh. Chili con carne, chili in meat, in flesh. God con carne, God in human flesh, entering our condition, living amongst us. And the sin that led to created order unravelling is loaded upon Jesus at the cross. He dies our death and in his death and resurrection, he triumphs over sin. He triumphs over death. He triumphs over darkness. He rises to new life, the firstborn of the new creation. He ascends to the Father. The Spirit is poured out upon us So the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the grave is coursing through your veins this morning. Doesn't look like it, but I believe it to be true that the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the grave is coursing through your veins right now. So this vision, which is so huge, the rebirth of the cosmos, like how are we gonna do that? Resurrection life is flowing through your body right now because the spirit has been poured out upon us and we await Christ's return and when he comes back he's going to finish what he started so our story has a central character the central character is Jesus how do we go about participating in this vision and the answer is following his example being incarnational cross-centered resurrection focused so incarnational we are to be a compassionate people And as we enter this cost of living crisis, our response as the church should be compassion. Compassion, another word, compound word, two words shoved together. Com, with. Passion from the Latin verb, passio, to suffer. To be compassionate is to suffer with. Not to stand at a distance and like a campaign on Facebook or donate a bit of money from a distance No, we are to engage in our community so that the suffering of our neighbours, the suffering of our communities becomes our suffering. And then we partner with Jesus to walk people through suffering into green pastures, still waters where their souls find refreshment. Like in a moment like this, the church needs to rise up in compassion. Secondly, we need to be courageous. There is so much anxiety, so much uncertainty. We need to respond with boldness, with courage. Root word of courage, cur, means heart. We need to do this with the entirety of our hearts. And the heart of our message, the heart of this story is the message of Christ crucified. It's the message of the cross. And we need to proclaim the cross. Paul says, faith comes through hearing. So if it comes through hearing, someone needs to proclaim it, not just with their actions, but with their words. This is where the power is located. It's located in the cross. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In other words, this message of Christ crucified, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. This power that's going to bring about the rebirth of the cosmos is located in the cross. In the death of the king, the life of the kingdom breaks out. 
So if we shrink back from proclaiming the cross, we shrink back from the power that's going to bring about the kingdom in our midst. So we need to live courageously, proclaim our gospel courageously, and we need to lead with creativity, right? The spirit of the new creations that work within us. Right? We are agents of renewal. So our vision, yes, it's about the renewal of our own lives and our hearts and our minds, but it's about the renewal of our communities and our families and our streets. It's about the renewal of this city. Our story is about the renewal of this nation and the nations. It's about the renewal of every sector of society. The kingdom story is about the renewal of politics and the renewal of education and the renewal of the third sector and the renewal of the fashion industry and the renewal of the music industry and the list goes on. Jesus isn't just making some things new. He's on a mission to make all things new. The story you live in is? That was laboured, but I'll I'll take him. (laughs) Right, so that's the story. I just want to name that to frame this moment. We're going to do a few things. Look back with gratitude. Look forward with faith. Act now with generosity. Let me just put some flesh on the bones of what's been happening in the last year. Going to give you some stats and some stories. And just want to name, we're not doing this to celebrate ourselves and what we've accomplished. We are fully aware of our vulnerability, our brokenness. And yet when God chooses to work through weak vessels, then we should be celebrating that the truth from Scripture that His power is made perfect in weakness. It's actually true. And that He's using to, uh, choosing to use you and I. in in building his kingdom here in King's Cross. So this is celebrating the work of Jesus, the work of his kingdom. But I also want to name that Jesus chooses to partner with you and I's hands and feet. So this stuff is possible because people in this room have made sacrifices, given time, energy, blood, sweat and tears to see these ministries thrive. So firstly, we've moved into this new home and how beautiful is the new home An incredible provision from God. And just a shout out, particularly to Rich Spence over there and the team that have turned this place into such a beautiful new home. Sundays, we've been growing particularly over the last year at a pretty quick rate. We've launched a fourth service and so now it's a 10, 12, 3 and 5. Um, last Sunday was one of the biggest Sundays we've ever had in the 12 years of our history. 719 people across the four services. Um, the youth group is now in two different groups because that's beginning to grow, which is beautiful. The kids' work is thriving. It's grown by 30% in the last year. And a shout out to Joelle. Some of the stories from the kids' work of kids prophesying and praying for healing and growing in their faith. We should be celebrating this work. KXC worship. Um, Sunday by Sunday and Monday by Monday um, at Seek First. It is beautiful to see the hunger for worship grow in our community. Like 700 people on a Sunday, like what's way more exciting than the numbers is the spiritual vitality and the faith that's in the room. Now our prayer meetings, when I look back the beginning of our story, it was like 10, 15, 20 people faithfully on their knees praying. But if you come to Seek First now, it's often 100 people in the room contending for kingdom breakthroughs. Like if you really want to know the health of a church, go to its midweek prayer meeting and see how they pray. And we are learning how to pray. 
great. So Beyond Sundays, Beyond Mondays, they've managed to release two EPs. The second EP comes out in a few weeks' time. Um, 2.1 million streams of our music over the last year. The, the first EP, Hope Again, streamed 555,000 times. And the song Jesus Name Above All Names has been nom nominated for the Step Forward Contemporary Worship Song of the Year Award, which is just encouraging. But again, the beautiful thing about worship music, it gets places where you wouldn't expect it to get, right? So people driving along in a car listening to the radio or just listening to Spotify on their tube journey to work. And then you hear some of the stories. I'm going to read two stories about some songs that have been written in this community. So this is a testimony about the song called Enough. Several months ago, my abusive marriage ended after being told for 30 years that I wasn't enough. I love the Lord so much, but when my husband told me repeatedly to move out, I was utterly brokenhearted, hopeless. I felt unloved, unwanted and discarded. I contemplated suicide. I was in the car one dark day when this song Enough came on the radio. I'd never heard it before and it ministered so strongly and deeply to me. I sobbed as the Lord filled me with his assurance that he's enough for me. I don't have to be enough. I lost my home, my car, finances, friends and family. But God spoke to me that day that with nothing, I still have everything. Jesus, you are enough for me. So we've been singing that for months, right? But this one individual, like God broke into the darkness and ushered in light. How beautiful is that? Here's another testimony about the song, With Me. I lost my husband 45 years um, of 45 years, two years ago, and I've been feeling very lost, only half a person, and struggling to find any comfort or strength in my faith. I listen to With Me almost every day. It expresses exactly how I feel and helps me to face every new day. I'm trying so hard to dance in the land of the living, and your song helps me more than I can say to keep me going and to help me trust in him, knowing that he's still with me, even when I don't have the strength or courage to reach out to him. Like these songwriters that gather and have some fun and pray and write music, that music is bringing hope in some forgotten places. How beautiful is that? If you're part of the worship team, and that includes the sound team, the visual team, can you just stand now? And can we just give a massive thank you to these team of volunteers? Incredible. Let's press on. Church planting. Um, we gave away 125,000 towards St. Gregory's plant in Cornwall. Anna, who was a curate here for a number of years, um, has now moved to Newquay. She's moved into the new vicarage. She started a group that are praying the plant into being, and they're going to start public gatherings in January. It is so exciting to hear the stories of what God's beginning there. Um, I'm also a trustee of St. Basil's, one of the churches we planted out during the lockdown. That's on a farm outside Exeter in Devon. Um, and here is some of the stories from Devon. Like it's in the middle of nowhere. Like it is rural Devon on a farm. And last Sunday, they had 200 people rammed into this barn, like encountering Jesus, experiencing the kingdom of God. It's so encouraging. 
And some of the other plants that have come out from this place, St. Peter's in Broccoli, we partnered with Tim and Lulu to send a team to be part of a revitalisation project in Bow, St. Saviour's, Finsbury Park, and the list goes on. There's a family coming alive in faith through these plants, which is beautiful to watch. Local mission. We've had 500 people who have access support during the week through these ministries. And we want to honour and celebrate the work that's happening in these ministries. So Growing Hope, a clinic for children with additional needs, it supported 130 children. That's just in the last year with additional needs. And 155 adults accessing therapy services, groups and courses. Six families have come to KXC through the Growing Hope connection. The prison ministry is back in full swing. That's Wednesday Alpha. It's Sunday morning once a month. We lead a service in the chapel. And through a partnership with the Message Trust, three men who've come out of prison have been offered employment at the Neil Street Espresso in Covent Garden. The work that's happening in Pentonville Prison, it is extraordinary. If you're part of the team, you know it. Then when you enter into the chapel, these guys are alive in their faith. CAP, the debt clinic. 17 people have been supported through CAP. We have four new clients every single month and four clients over the last year have become totally debt-free, which is a combined total of £40,000. Debt chokes you. It gets you, it grabs you and the fear overtakes you. £40,000 washed away because people in this church have been serving those in desperate, desperate need. The KX Brunch, which is a community brunch for the street population, those experiencing isolation. Um, they gather every Sunday during this service, 25 to 30 guests. And it is beautiful seeing that community come alive post-COVID. This is a picture of one of their socials. They had a, a visit to a museum. And again, the work that's happening in the brunch, extraordinary. Um, choices. We partner with Choices. We run a boutique session, a boutique service, which is Choices works with families affected by unplanned pregnancy. And we run this boutique with them, offering clothes and equipment to young families. Um, 65 boutique sessions in the last year. This is one of the feedback um, forms that was filled out. An amazing team of lovely people willing to provide help and support for mothers, um, mothers-to-be like myself. I was made to feel very comfortable. A generous team of really accommodating people. It was an absolute pleasure meeting everyone involved at Choices. 75 men attended the Bridge the Gap five-a-side sessions. So this is trying to bridge the gap um, between the church and those outside of the church. Two football sessions every single week, one of them specifically for um, refugees and asylum seekers. Um, so together with, with Bridge the Gap, we've opened up a Saturday morning cafe for asylum seekers and refugees. We're regularly connecting now with 20 in the community. And we've just launched the pilot phase of a job support clinic. There is so much going on that we want to celebrate and just give thanks to God for. So if you support um, as a volunteer any one of those ministries, like even if you've just done it once in the last year, you've been part of what God's been doing. So can you just stand? Any of these ministries, Growing Hope, CAP, Choices, XLP, the list goes on. Can we just give these guys a round of applause? Amazing. 
Ventures, 100 individuals at church-wide gatherings for entrepreneurs. Ventures is an entrepreneurial community trying to figure out how can we find creative ways of engaging with some of the ills of our age. There's 20 that are part of a new Ventures workshop trying to match their gifts with the needs of the community could some creative ideas begin to spark. Um, and on the 8th of November, there's an evening to explore entrepreneurial ideas for engaging with the cost of living crisis. If you want to be part of a community just trying to figure out how can we engage, taking what's in our hand, the gifts that we have, and applying them to some of the situations around us. Do join us on the 8th of November. Details on our website. But there are so many entrepreneurs within our family that are doing remarkable things, and we don't have time to share all the stories. Here's just a few of them. Ethiot, um, developing a smart home device which helps disabled people to live more independently. They've just received um, a £50,000 grant from the government, the Innovate UK um, award scheme. So again, that's a game changer for this incredible startup. Joy, which is a digital platform simplifying the way patients are connected to non-clinical services for health and well-being. So social prescribing, it's massive right now. So within um, general practice surgeries and elsewhere, rather than just medicating people, prescribing drugs and medicines, they're now saying, you need to join this community and you need to go on this fitness program because it's not just good for your mental and emotional health, it's good for your physical health. Well, Patrick, part of our family, started Joy doing that. It's currently being used by 800 GP surgeries, covering more than 7 million patients across the UK. So this is a story of faith of one individual a few years ago quitting his job like massive, massive risk. And suddenly the Lord is using that to serve now 7 million people, bringing joy in the midst of darkness to people across this nation. Amazing. Capsule, which is Elsa Horn, has just launched a new sustainable fashion brand. I think they just had their first item on the range launched in the last couple of weeks. Beautiful what's happening there. Crux, a mediation service um, where they train people for mediation and then enter situations where there needs conflict resolution and they provide their expertise expertise in that. They've trained 300 people. Um, they've reached around 500 people through their podcast, their training, their facilitation. They've worked with 30 individuals in conflict resolution situations. I've mentioned Growing Hope, Banquet, um, the online food bank, um, the number one supplier of food to food banks. And again, during or just before lockdown, Robin Ferris quit his job, started this thing, and it has exploded. And during COVID, suddenly there was massive need. And as we enter a cost of living crisis, the need for this is going to rise. And I believe God has raised up Robin for such a time as this. And it's beautiful to see it. Art co-working, King's House, Caribou, Yonder, Form, Impact Central. There's so many entrepreneurial things going on in this family. We want to give God the glory. So ARC, KX, King's Cross, the um, co-working community we run as a church, hosted over 100 members in the last year. Um, six startups supported through the Spark program, where we as a church partner with ARC and fund um, some startup initiatives, basically some free co-working space to give their an idea a go. Um, everyone who works at ARC, 5% of their membership fee goes towards charity. So we've managed to give away £8,500 to charities through the ARC for Good scheme. It was awarded the B Corp Best for the World Award in the area of community. It's just moved home um, to All Saints. And listen to this feedback from one of the individuals that did the Spark program. What I enjoyed most were feelings of validation that our work is worth investing in. 
worth talking about, worth the blood, sweat and tears. It's been so lovely to have you guys take a chance on us and show interest in what we do. And it's been brilliant to connect with people at a similar stage on their journey. Amazing. King's House, we run this as an event space serving the community of King's Cross. We've hosted 25 events, 2,500 people in the building. We've generated 30K in the process that helps fund all of the ministries and initiatives downstairs. We've just been nominated for the best venue for hybrid events at the London Venue and Catering Awards um, 2022. This is a, a bit of feedback. We had to stop counting the number of compliments we were given about the delivery of the conference itself, from the warm welcome to the flawless tech in the room and online, and more broadly, just to the overall generosity and spirit of the delivery team. Amazing. Hubs, 39 hubs now, um, 84 leaders in our community, creating communities throughout the week. Um, 479 people signed up for hubs. And again, what's happening in these communities, it is beautiful. So if you're a hub leader, can you just stand wherever you are? We just want to honour the sacrifices you make to create community within our church family. Amazing. Festivals, people going to Wildfires, David's Tent, we took 300 away for the big weekend. We're about to have the weekend away in January, could not be more excited. Alpha, 30 on the new course, 70 guests throughout the year. Um, newcomers, I mentioned, 296 newcomers joined us for a newcomers meal in the last year. And we're just launching a hub for newcomers. These are signs of life. Can we pat ourselves on the back? Absolutely not, because I know what I'm like and I know what you're like. But can we say that God's power is made perfect through weakness? Yes, we can and we can give all glory to Him. So can we have one more round of applause just to celebrate the faithfulness of God, the generosity of God. Let's look forward with faith. Um, I want to name th six things that we're going after in this season. Number one, we need to respond and respond well to the cost of living crisis. Um, this is a moment for us to rise up with compassion. Um, so I want to encourage us again to, to unclench the fist so that we can be a generous community serving those in desperate need. You're going to read and you probably already have read a lot about what the response might look like of warm banks, which is like a food bank, but rather than getting food, you get warmth. Now, we, that should break our hearts that people are basically deciding not to turn on their heating because they don't know how they're going to get through the winter and they're trying to figure out, is there a place they can go just to stay warm? Now, we have an amazing home right in the heart of King's Cross. So we want to find ways to open up our home and create a warm space where people can have a cup of tea, a bowl of soup and experience community and hospitality and a taste of the kingdom of God. The Care Fund, um, which we opened during the, the COVID season, since March 2020, 60 grants have been given away. Um, but the fund is no longer specific to COVID. So anyone, and I really mean that, anyone in our community who needs emergency support relating to shelter, fuel, food, mental health or physical health or fleeing domestic external abuse, you can apply. We want to serve you. We want to support you. You just need to go to the website kxc.org.uk forward slash 
care fund where we can help we really want to help so we need to respond with generosity if we as a church are going to be compassionate and serve those most in need in this next season secondly um, I've mentioned this that we have this incredible building ministries downstairs throughout the week it's a hive of activity all these clinics beautiful things happening but we have the cafe at the front and it feels like the most incredible evangelistic opportunity and we're still trying to figure out how how can we maximise this building for the sake of the kingdom of God? So we're toying with the idea of establishing a cafe, serving the community of King's Cross. And can I just say, and hopefully you know this, we have zero desire just to create another hipster coffee shop in King's Cross, right? It doesn't excite me one bit, but creating a coffee shop where people walk in and drink average coffee, but incredible community... And walk away saying the coffee was okay, but I tasted something heavenly in that place. That's incredibly exciting. Um, so the mission opportunity of our cafe is extraordinary. And we want to put some resources towards that um, to see if we can establish something downstairs. Kids and youth, this is a, an opportunity like an incredible opportunity, but I just want to name the landscape because I think a lot of us don't realise how bleak the landscape is. So pre-lockdown, the Diocese of London did some research. So the diocese is basically London north of the river. Um, number of teenagers in the diocese, 340,000 teenagers, 11 to 18-year-olds. Um, so it's not quite teenagers. Um, a number in the church, the Anglican church, 2,000. So if you want that as a percentage, 0.5%, right? That was pre-lockdown. And lockdown has devastated youth ministry. The numbers are like terrifying. And we as a church need to wake up to this moment and this opportunity. Like who is best positioned to reach teenagers? And the answer is those five to 10 years above. Like the ones that they look up to. Our church is full of those in their early mid-20s. We should be doing the most incredible youth work, but we need to invite the church towards it. If you love young people, if you love Jesus, and you're willing to put those two together, help young people fall in love with Jesus, we would love to invite you to consider serving on the youth team. We need some leaders that carry a passion for youth ministry to emerge in this space. Like if you've been blessed by youth ministry growing up, right? The vast majority of those that come to faith in Christ come to faith during their teenage years, right? So it is ripe for mission. And a lot of us just haven't been aware of what's happening in youth ministry across the nation, but also in the city. Like, if you're willing to step into this, please get in touch with us. Hello at kxe.org.uk. What we really need is a move of the Spirit, by the way. So on October the 17th, we're going to have a Seek First prayer night particularly um, aimed towards youth and kids. So again, like, I just want to invite you to that. We need to get on our knees and pray for a move of the Spirit to hit our young people. Fourthly, we want to really invest in spiritual formation, discipleship, our hubs, communities, our pattern communities. Fifthly, I'm having to race, I'm running out of time. Um, we've been allocated as a resource church for the, the London diocese, which means we're going to be planting churches. But more than that, things that have emerged here, we want to gift them away to the wider church. So that could be worship. It could be like our bread, Bible reading resource and other things that have emerged in the family. We want to give them away and therefore need to invest in some of those resources. And sixthly, church planting. Like there's going to be so many church planting opportunities in the coming years, right? 
um, and we need to be ready for them. So in the coming weeks, months, we're going to begin to partner with All Saints Caledonian Road, a church two minutes up the road. I'm going to be the, the priest in charge. Ted, who's currently leading the church, will remain leading the church on the ground, but we will be able to provide some covering and encouragement and resource they can learn from us. We need to learn from them and hopefully something beautiful will emerge in that new partnership. But there's going to be lots of opportunities. Church planting is very expensive, by the way. Very expensive in terms of sending out teams and, and renting vicarages and buildings to meet in. We as a church need to rise up with generosity. So we've looked back. We've looked forward. I've named a few things and we need to act now. Um, so this is a dashboard um, of life at KXC. How many um, of those that come on a Sunday, we're getting sort of 700 plus across our four services. How many belong to hubs? 63%. Um, right, that's not bad, but our goal is 100%. Like completely naive, but I'm willing to live in that place of naivety. I want everyone to belong in a community where your faith comes alive, in community, so that you don't try and walk out your faith in isolation. Serving, like for us to, to make our Sundays function well, we need people to serve. 34% serving on a Sunday. Our goal is 100%. Yeah, we'd love to go for 100%. Serving in these ministries that I've mentioned. Again, it's 19%. That means these ministries are reliant on a number of very, very committed volunteers. Um, like in these ministries, it's easy to burn out. Compassion fatigue is a thing, right? So we need everyone to chip in. Please don't stand back, spectate and applaud. Like get stuck in. We need everyone plugged in. 100% is the goal. Giving financially, currently 44%. We need that to grow because from this graph, you'll see the top line in gold is growth on Sundays up to the end of August, which is like 557. I mentioned that we've massively grown from there in the month of September. Um, and then you'll see the, the growth of our giving. And it is growing. And we need to say a massive thank you for the incredible generosity that flows out of this community. There's a misconception that we're funded by the Church of England, that they pay for everything we do. It is your generosity that funds everything we do. So a massive thank you to those that give. But as you can see, if we keep on growing at the rate we are, it's going to be a struggle. We need to invite people in to regular giving. And I'll land with this. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So I just want to paint this picture for you. 700 people across four services on a Sunday in small groups, serving in ministry, serving one another, right? If you've got 700 people giving financially, that releases some incredible resource that we could help engage with the cost of living crisis, warm banks, growing hope, all these incredible ministries. Like we could invest in so many different areas, but more than the resource that would be unlocked through generosity, that's 700 hearts behind a vision a vision to serve God's purpose to make all things new. Imagine 700 hearts, not partially behind, fully behind a vision for the rebirth of the cosmos, serving God's purpose to make all things new. That's incredibly exciting.